one knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And how's everybody doing tonight? Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez here in South Florida with our program that we call Poker Action Line. That's it. Uh, Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open going on. In fact, I just uh, came over from the the pre-tournament party for the charity event, the Jeff Conine event, third year at the Hard Rock. I think it's been on for eight years overall. Uh, Raises money for the Conine Clubhouse over at the Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital in Hollywood. And basically the idea of it is a lot of times when parents have a severely ill child and have to travel across the country wherever from to uh, take care of their children, bring it to one of the excellent children's hospitals in the country, um, they come here and many times they can't really afford a hotel. Right. Uh, Who knows where you're going to stay. You come to South Florida and it's not a vacation on the beach, that's for sure. Uh, so what the Conine Clubhouse does is basically has a hotel there at the hospital with free rooms for the parents of the ill children. So it's really a nice uh, setup there. It and, is. You know, sometimes you have to stay two, three weeks uh, for a serious operation. And, uh, you know, they would break you normally. But uh, because of the great charity, they're able to uh, put them up in this uh, Hospital on the premises, and uh, or a hotel on the premises of the hospital, and uh, basically take care of them. Great, great idea. Huh? It sure certainly is, and you know, I'm telling you, for for someone who's had kids, and thank God I haven't had to go through what some of these parents have had to go through with their young children. I remember Gio's a parent here too. Your kid just gets a little sick; it has to go to the hospital, and you're you're, you're panicking. Yeah, you know. So I can't even imagine what some of these parents go through when they're Babies are diagnosed with, you know, catastrophic diseases and, right. and stuff Absolutely. like that. So, you know, God bless this charity, and I certainly hope they raised a lot of money today. Yeah, they uh, there was a lot of people in line. Last year they raised 145000 which oh, is unbelievable for a charity event. Uh, had like almost 300 players, but I have a good feeling they're going to beat that today. Anyway, some of my good friends are involved in the tournament, uh, Stu Opperman is uh, been uh, doing it for many years as promoting the event and being the PR guy for the tournament. And he runs it, and uh, a good friend of both of ours is Dave Lamont, who is uh, the announcer for ESPN and ABC for college football, for bowling he's done in the past, and also college basketball. Anyway, Dave is the... uh, the MC of the uh, event over there and was getting ready to get started. They were just finishing up the uh, pre-tournament party, but a lot of the ma- media members are over there. Uh, some of the big poker pros are involved. Maria Ho was there involved and, and a few others coming over. Of course, there was a big $2,200 buy-in tournament going on in the other room, so a lot of big names just getting to town, getting ready for the main event this weekend uh, where they have the big four on uh, August 13th. We culmination of four big tournaments, including the main event. So that all gets underway this weekend. Uh, I've been dropping by for a few things here and there. And they were playing a special tournament in there. I ran into Matt Savage, and he explained it to me. It's called a one-and-done satellite. And that's basically for the main event. 
Uh, they had 272 players in this thing, but it's just the format, and I want to go over the format with Joe. Yeah, and I haven't heard this pretty before. different. Uh, uh, Matt said that they had used it several times out at the Commerce Casino in Los Angeles, and first time here, brought it here. But it's very interesting, and I think it, it's a good idea because it kind of cuts down on stalling and any kind of collusion in a, in a tournament that's going to award 20 seats to a big main event, uh, at least 20 seats. As it turned out, there was 272, so there was 27 seats on the line there. But how they get there was kind of interesting. There's also lots of news out there. Of course, uh, the WPT rolled on with its uh, Wine Gardens tournament uh, out in Los Angeles, and that was won by Roger Tesca last week. Uh, I don't think we mentioned that last week. But they are off for about a month now, and uh, we'll get back to it uh Back at the Commerce, uh, the Legends of Poker tournament starts at the end of September. But uh, between now and then, there'll be uh, several other tournaments elsewhere. Uh, they finished up the big Triton tournament that I think I talked about last week uh, with the 1 million euro buy-in. That's right, that's is, right. And, of course, a lot of huge names, players out there. Uh, one of the recreational players ended up winning, which is kind of interesting. But uh, a fellow named Aaron Zhang... Uh, was the winner of that one. Uh, he defeated Bryn Kenny in head-to-head play. Uh, it's the largest buy-in poker tournament ever. Uh, Kenny actually got the biggest prize, which is kind of funny, but uh, when they decided to have a head-to-head chop, they left a little money on the table. But Kenny actually had more chips at that time, so he ended up get, earning $20.6 million, Wow. Which is pretty crazy. Uh, as the runner-up, uh, the winner, Zhang, won $16 million. But big-name players, uh, Stephen Chidwick ended up finishing fourth. Uh, Dan Smith was third. Uh, Vega Rakjumar was uh, in fifth place. And the famous businessman, who is a high-roller player, uh, Bill Perkins, finished in sixth. So uh, all those guys made huge money. Of course, a million-dollar buy-in, but Chidwick made over $5 million. Uh, Bill Perkins made $2.6 million for sixth place. And a pretty huge tournament there, so uh, we might get back to that a little bit later. But a big tournament out there, and uh, from what I saw on Twitter, um, you know, I really don't understand what makes a good, great tournament uh, different from a good tournament, but uh, people were saying this was like the finest tournament that they've ever played in, well, which is high praise. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, it, it, well. <laughs> Can't explain that, but uh, hey. I mean, you know, what makes a great tournament is... You know, the structures, structures yeah. of the of the tournament. I mean, we heard the a lot of, of the players, treatments of the players, how the establishment runs runs the tournament itself, uh, with no hiccups. Um, again, hearing that this is the greatest, I, I I like you, Dave, would like to know why someone would believe this is the finest run tournament that they've ever seen as opposed to the next finest one that they've seen. What was what, what was done so differently? I'm not sure. Uh, there was a charity aspect to it, a uh, non-refundable entry fee of 50,000 euros, which is about 60,000 in American money, all of which, which went to charity. Uh, 54 players in the event. So that left... Uh, a huge amount of money raised for charity, split among 10 different organizations. But uh, that they're still playing that whole series. There's a couple of high, super high rollers going on over there now. And uh, we will uh, report on some of those events next week when we get some of the final results. Also, the uh, 
the Global Casino Championship going on. Uh, they are into day one there. That is at uh, Harris Cherokee in North Carolina. Uh, Josh Turner, the leader, uh, after day one. And uh, a lot of the big names that have done well over the years, including uh, Valentin Vornicu and Maurice Hawkins, who was currently in third the last time I looked. So he's uh, doing well over there. Also, the writer for Poker News, who won a circuit event this year, uh, Mo Nuara, playing in that one as well. So uh, that is going on as we speak. And I would think a lot of those players may head down to South Florida for the weekend uh, <laughs> Just uh, who's who of players when I walked into that uh, 2200 tournament. And uh, Joe McKeon and uh, Byron Coverman. And Is it a one-day tournament? One day everybody has to register today for that tournament? The tw- for the 2200? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, are, uh, they may have to play into tomorrow, but they were finishing up tonight. But uh, some uh, interesting stuff going on. A lot of players coming back from Europe from the Triton event. And... Uh, We'll be playing down here in South Florida. So the whole thing of the Big Four kicks off this weekend with the main event on Friday and then staggered starting days for the other tournaments. There's a $26,500 high roller. There's a $1,100 tournament and a $2,650 tournament as well. So all those will come down to the final day uh, next Tuesday, August 13th. And uh, that will be an exciting day. Involved with uh, that. So Matt Savage in yep. town for that. Maria Ho is here. I don't know if Helmuth will be here or not. He has worked on that tournament the last few years. And then, of course, all the great players that will be there as well. So should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Uh, a little later on in the show, I, I touched on it last week with Joe. Uh, the uh, Basically, uh, what's involved with a table captain. And that's <laughs> not really the main story. The main story on how it was brought up involved tip shaming. And we'll talk about that, that some people... In this case, the so-called uh, self-claimed table captain picked on another player when he didn't tip right away on a on a jackpot, and uh, so we'll and talk can, a little bit I about that. And I can tell you that that's probably the only time you want a table captain, only bec- <laughs> only because they become your voice and you try to control them. But I'm curious to hear what the uh, the what dealer the chick the dealer chick yeah. had to say about that because. I believe we're, we're batting about a thousand uh, with with some of the columns that we've read on air and uh, my opinion about them. So I, I I'm imagining we're going to see eye to eye on just about every point. Yeah, most likely. Uh, a couple other players uh, involved in some controversy that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. One we spoke of uh, Maurice Hawkins, who uh, supposedly supposedly did not pay back his his backer and. It had been over two years, he said, since he had uh, the backer said that he did not receive his money. Uh, all came out finally with an article in Poker News, and uh, Maurice uh, felt he had been wronged by uh, the allegations. And uh, eventually, they said they were trying to work it out, and as of thus far, he, they finally have uh, uh, taken care of this. They have taken care of this. Yeah. So. Well, let me tell you. I don't know. I'm sure, like they say, when two people are arguing a point, usually the truth lies somewhere in the middle of those two people's uh, uh, selected version of how everything went down. But, you know, if you're Maurice Hawkins, um, you know, I know I wouldn't want to have that reputation. So I'd want to take care of that. And, you know, the other guy's looking to get paid. Yeah. So we don't know how bad it got. You know, as to why, what kind of agreements, because we, we'd all just be speculating on that. But, 
My guess is it's taken a little longer than it should have. I don't understand what the payback terms were, right. what the whole deal was, but Maurice Hawkins has had enough success in these last two years for my in my opinion to have paid back anybody and anything as I mentioned else. last week uh supposedly he didn't have the money because he was out playing blackjack and lost a bunch of it so well you know we heard who those knows same things about remember we used to hear those same things about TJ yeah, and, and Ryan Cup, Reese Ryan Reese and and a couple of the other players who you know that's their leaks in their game is that they love to gamble you know we we've always heard top notch poker pros that have been able to hold on to their money that you know, Stu Unger's lifestyle was his, you know, downfall, you know, that he was, what, a multimillionaire many, eight, nine times over from going broke to being rich to going broke to being rich. You know, uh, if that is Maurice's situation, I would suggest he get that under control, especially with, the, with you know, yeah, with his wonderful a, family and everything family else. Too, yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, I guess one of the major problems was that, uh, Garcia, the fellow Garcia that was the backer, uh, said that he expected a lump sum of all the money, and Maurice said he was making payments and it wasn't coming fast enough. So uh, he felt that he was defamed by it, but uh, finally they got it taken care of, and uh, Maurice made some payments. And uh, the, the funny part of it was that uh, not only did this guy file a lawsuit in uh, the circuit court, uh, against Maurice. Uh, the case was reopened in January this year, and the judge in April <coughs> ruled in Garcia's favor that uh, it would award him uh, about 115000 total. And uh, the guy wasn't getting his money quick enough, so he went to Poker News and gave him the story. They wrote up a story. We're ready to run it. And he said, well, we're working things out. Please don't run the they story. Ran it. And they, they stay ran it anyway. Well, so listen, they said, you, they're not going to do that. You can't, you can't threaten something... And then just because all of a sudden, you know, someone's asked you or, you know, the situation has changed, you know, you were fully ready to have Poker News print this out and shame Maurice Hawkins into right. trying to pay you or, or, or ruin his reputation or both. And, you know, like what's that say? Once, once the barn door is open, you, can, you know, you can't get them back in, the horses back in. That, <laughs> exactly. That's the same scenario here. You open the barn door. So don't ask, you know, for favors after that. But, you know, from hearing that the judge agreed with the, with the gentleman, with the backer, Garcia, you know, just tells me that whatever arrangements they had, Maurice did not live up to the, uh, to the terms of that agreement. Speaking of arrangements and not living up to them, a uh, big controversy involving the seventh place finisher of this year's World Series of Poker main event, Nick Marchington, who was the young guy from Britain. Uh, that finished in seventh place, I guess won about uh, 1.5 million or 1.25 million, something like that. But uh, he had agreed with this uh, backing company called Seabiscuit Stables. Um, they had uh, made a deal uh, for 10% of his winnings. He decided, or actually, he played an event and they had to sponsor him in that too. He didn't do well. And he decided, he said at the time, he wasn't going to play the main event. So he canceled the deal, supposedly. Uh, they had agreed to the staking arrangement in uh, late May, 10% of uh, the two events. And he canceled it. Now, these guys wanted their money back, and Marchington made arrangements with a second party to pay them the money. 
and they hadn't received it yet when they started making a lot of noise. They did eventually receive the, I think it was twelve hundred dollars that he had to repay. That uh, was it, twelve hundred. Yeah, for for ten percent of his uh, earnings in the uh, in the in the main event. Oh, I see what you're saying. So he was getting twenty percent, a little like twenty percent equity on that ten percent. Right. So he had, Marchington had told him that he wasn't going to play. He wasn't happy with the way he was playing, and they supposedly agreed, and they uh, looked to reverse the trans, transaction. Uh, but Marchington changed his mind, of course, as we know, played the main event. Uh, actually had canceled the deal, and I think there was a 1.2 markup with these guys, went to a 1.7 markup with other people then, and sold some other stuff to them. Uh, he ends, of course... Finishing in the final table and making a lot of money, the Seabiscuit Stakers are suing for 152,000, and so that will go to court now. But there's a lot of problems out there. It's just the whole backing thing is something we don't really hear much about, but goes on all the time, different forms. Uh, maybe it's not such a good idea, but uh, even guys with well, a lot of money, you know, you got to have a lot of integrity. The player has to have a lot of integrity, and the people got to know this because. What's to stop me from selling you 1.7, you know, so for this amount, and then all of a sudden I wind up selling way more than what I, you know, than 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 100%, you know, and I get $30,000 worth of, of, you know, people giving me money, buying for the 10000 and then just tank and, and pick up the $20,000 for myself. Right. What's, you know, what, again, what's to stop you? Because... There's no way you can make the money because now it's going to cost you money out of your own pocket. So I don't know. This is this this is now you know a very interesting scenario, Dave. That that is brought up because of uh, these things like this. And you know what recourse do you have to collect that money if you're one of the backers, and all of a sudden you know ten other backers come out and everyone's everyone's looking for you know. 15 to 20 percent of this money and you're going wait a minute there isn't enough dollars to go around for all of us at this rate right what what's your recourse right other well, than well, these guys other than a criminal charge of fraud against the player exactly well these guys did get paid back on day two of the main event so it wasn't even close to marchington making the final table at that point it was very early in the event but you know there was players taking different sides on this i felt that uh it was unethical to back out of the deal. I think but so also. still should be legal, they said. Uh, Marchington tweeted, Such a shame that a huge personal achievement of mine has been tainted by the greed of others. And then another guy wrote back and said, Dude, you sold at 1.2, then unbooked and resold at a higher. I was just about to say the same thing. If, if that's proven... You know, he should really just keep his mouth shut. He said, Your so-called personal achievement was tainted by personal greed. Exactly. Exactly. And everybody said it looked bad and everything, but uh, other people said, I don't believe you tried to rip them off, like they're trying to say you clearly canceled the action, and then you did play them and had a big score. Would they have been happy if you had busted on the first hand? Well, would they have been happy? Not really, because if they're looking to sue them, they want them to go all the way to the top so they could you know, possibly have collected a million dollars if he had won the $10 million first place, you know, at that point, if that's your intentions, go for it because worst case scenario, you're going to try to ruin his reputation. And there was people that asked, was there any precedent for this? You remember what the precedent is? 
Jamie Gold. Jamie Gold, there correct. There you go. Uh, sued by his former business partner, Crispin Laser, for half of his one or his $12 million payout, and they eventually settled out of court. So we don't really know whatever happened with that. But uh, this stuff happens out there, and certainly, uh, you know, you got to be careful when you're well, dealing listen, financially with people and make everything clear and in writing. If, hey, there you go, because if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Jamie Gold thing was in writing. That was provided to the WSOP, you know. Uh, yeah, they actually withheld his payout. And that's what I'm saying, because they had they had some sort of legal document that stated this, and until it got straightened out, nobody got their money. They held it in escrow. Right. And, you know, I would have imagined that that alone, that's been, what, a good 10 years, Dave? Uh, 2006, Gold? yeah. 13, excuse me, 13 years, okay? That backers now would definitely want to get something in writing. So this way, you know, and I'd put in a penalty cost. You want to you want to back out of this scenario right now? You know you're going to pay me double what I paid you to get in. You know, and if a tournament has started, I would not want to get any money back. I'm going to ride this horse to the <laughs> till it drops dead or it crosses the finish line. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's kind of uh, nerve wracking to uh, have all that pressure at the table and then have uh, all these other worries financially uh, outside. But you the brought table. him on yourself. He, he did. You know, yes, you no bring question. him on yourself. No question. I remember asking uh, Alex, uh, and I keep always forgetting his last Turiansky. name. Right, who who bubbled uh, the the final table, um, and you know, I asked him how's the back. He goes, well, it all depends on how good they think you are. And this is a question I posed to him about three years ago in 2016, and he goes, you know. You may be able to get 10%, 20%, depending on how good you are, how much your backer is willing to give you. You know, so, you know, if if a tournament is 10000 for argument's sake, to use simple numbers, and and they're willing to give you, you know, 5000 or 6000 for 50%, <laughs> you know, you're paying for the other 50% for only $4,000. You make your arrangements. Now, I believe most of these arrangements have been... Uh, what are handshake deals, uh, you know, gentlemen's agreement, as they sort of speak, you know, uh, without paperwork being involved. But, you know, the, the USOP, the main event's gotten into numbers that are just, uh, you know, astronomical. And, uh, you know, I, I'd want to have it in writing. Right. Yeah, I would absolutely. want to have it in writing just because if it's going to be, mil- just forget millions, hundreds of thousands of dollars, that's a lot, a lot of money. Look at what we talked about right at the beginning of the show with Maurice Hawkins for 115000 So, Chino Reams, we know, has famously for one of the tournaments that he cashed that people just followed him up to the window so they could get paid back. You know, unfortunately, many years in this business, I have met a lot of, you know, poker players that are as honest as the day is long and, and you know, have, you know, all... Everything that you want to have in them, and then I've met others that are just as seedy and low life as you could possibly imagine. Yeah, absolutely. So. You have all kinds of people. <laughs> uh, one of the other topics I want to get into, and Joe, you know so much about this because you've worked for years as a uh, poker room manager, as a floor guy, where you have to make rulings about things that go on, and under the category shit happens. Yeah. Uh, i got two situations here, one on online tournament and one in a live tournament. Uh, so I want to talk about that when we come back, but we'll take a break here, and we'll get back to that when we return. Poker Action Line, we come to you every week. Don't forget you can always get us on uh, 
PokerActionLine.com. Uh, you can go to uh, the Poker Fuse podcast page, pick us up on Hold'em Radio Network or possibly on SoundCloud or iTunes and download us every week. Uh, we have a lot of people out there listening on a regular basis. Uh, we'll have some more uh, guests when we get into the fall. Hopefully uh, when I go back over to the Hard Rock this weekend, we'll get some interviews for the next couple of weeks as well, and we'll have those for you too. Let's take a break, though, and we'll be back after more of the show with more of the show after these messages. This is Boker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Ahoy, ye mateys! Now I know you probably think a pirate like me with a peg leg and an eye patch is in search of me buried treasure, but tis not so, me mateys. My brave crew and I have pledged to plunder no more until we clean up all the garbage that comes out here from land. Why, just today, I found an aluminum can that said soda pop from the mountaintop. Somebody probably threw it on the ground and it washed into a drain pipe and into a river and into me ocean. Now I've got the best crew in the seven seas. Hooray! But we can't do it all ourselves. No, not on our own. Lend us a hand by always recycling and disposing of your trash properly. To learn more about keeping oceans clean, visit keepoceansclean.org. Not tarnation. I mean, keepoceansclean.org. What? At keepoceansclean.org. Yeah, what he said. Brought to you by the Keep Oceans Clean Alliance and the Ad Council. Android and iPhone users, download the WFO Radio app. It's sports radio for racing fans. Thank you, I appreciate it. The ultimate, ultimate racing, racing, racing show, show, including WFO Radio NHRA Nitro, WFO Radio Ignition, the WFO Radio NASCAR Tailgate Party, news, videos, push notifications, and more. I just hope I'm part of it. Go to the App Store or Android Market, search WFO Radio, and download it now. Now. To the show, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez uh, heading over to the Hard Rock after the show to check a little bit more of the action in the uh, Jeff Conine charity event for uh, the Conine Clubhouse at the uh, Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital in Hollywood, Florida. And uh, a lot of big name uh, people. There's a few athletes I saw over there at the party. Uh, Roberto Luongo, the former goalie for the Florida Panthers, and several he other teams. He retired this year, he right? He did retire, yes. Uh, very good poker player. Uh, Mark Duper was over there. Uh, Joe Rose, former Dolphin, who is a radio guy down here now in South Florida. And a few other athletes uh, I saw that were over there. So it uh, should be a nice tournament and a lot of media people as well. So fun well, night. It's a great cause, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show. And uh, it's nice to see that some of the local you know, sports athletes down here in South Florida you know, are, are lending their names and, and playing in this tournament. Okay, a couple of events, that, uh, the, a couple of situations that I wanted you to talk about. Uh, first of all was the online error in, it was on WSOP.com. And you know, and we were talking about it during the break, that you've seen uh, situations where there was a glitch in the software, where a card that was already folded came up in the hand for somebody else. Yeah. I, How did I you resolve to, that? I, well, put it this way. I made 
a notation to it, and I, I want to say it was on Party Poker in the early early years, or Poker Stars in the early years, because this was a long time ago. Um, and it was funny, because I had folded, and I knew I had, I can't remember, I know it was a red deuce or three that, that I had in my hand, and it was it happened to be a diamond. And I folded my cards, flop comes up, and then when the turn comes up, I you know, I wasn't involved in the hand, but I look and I go, wait a minute. That was a card I folded. And I go, I think I had that freaking card. So the hand was over, and you know how you can go previous hand, and I went back, and it showed it, and then it got rid of it. So I immediately notified. Got rid of the replay of the hand? Yeah, you know, like I saw it, it was up there, and then like half hour later... You know, because I, I wrote down the number so of the hand. So someone else had complained and they had gone Well, back I would imagine if it happened to me, someone else did it. So either they had a glitch a glitch in their software or someone was able to hack it and do something with it, okay? But, you know, I wrote to them. And the funny part is I never, and I wrote two or three times and contacted their, you know, their support line. And I've always gotten a response. Did not get a response wow. on this particular, and this is the, you know, now that you mentioned it, you know, there was nothing that was mentioned about it, and I go, and I was just thinking, well, they, they've screwed up somehow, and they just don't want to address this, they don't want, you know, word to get out on this particular incident, and, you know, I didn't see it again with me, but I would imagine if it happened to me, it's other people had to see it, now, granted, it wasn't a pretty card. I don't even think it made a difference as far as that particular hand was concerned. Uh, you know, I don't remember it completing a straight or, or, or a flush. You know, it was an ugly card. It was a two or three ugly card. And I remember it didn't, in my opinion, didn't change anything unless somebody had a pair of that, the pair of that right. in their hand. But I was like, wait a minute. I know that I saw this. I went back immediately to the previous hand. Yeah, there it is in my hand. How the hell did it come up on the board? And then when I went back to check it after I had written to them a few times, I'd put that number up, and he goes, that hand, uh, not available, not available. Yeah. So never got an explanation as to whether it was a computer glitch. They're, they're like the Trump administration. Somebody, they figure if they uh, put their head in the sand, yeah, they would go you know, away. So, you know, that, <laughs> there was this. so I guess I guess the... the they just, you know, like you said, put their head in the sand, or or the Eddie Murphy of, you know, lying to his to his girlfriend. That wasn't me. You didn't see me with another girl. And he goes, if you if you stand, you, you yell that enough times, maybe they'll start going. Maybe that wasn't you, you know. <laughs> so maybe that's not what I saw. So well, this hand uh, happened recently in a Sunday tournament. John Bornstein was the player involved. It was on WSOP.com. I don't know how much uh, detail I want to get into. I have it all here, but well, uh, basically the the gist of it was. It was an incorrect pot, and it's on paid out. And it's on hands that I know in live poker are probably the most different for a de- difficult for a dealer when uh, one of the players goes all in and, uh, you know, you don't uh, automatically figure out what the exact uh, payout should be because there's different payoffs for different, different sides. Well, you, so this was, a, this was a live cash game that we're talking about? Right. And was there a side Well, pot? I think it was a tournament. No, it was a tournament. Okay. Anyway, let me just give you the facts, and if you got any questions, I probably could fill that in. Okay. Uh, but they're at a, at a nine-handed table. Uh, one of the players went all in for, for 4300 plus, 
and the small blind raised it to 16,000. Bornstein re-raised to 44,000, and the small blind folded. So he was going heads up with the other player, his 44,000 that he had put in to 16,000. And he said uh, basically the site arranged the main pot and the small pot correctly. Uh, the main pot was the hijacks 4,300 chip bet times three, since he was called by the two players, plus the 4,500 chips from the antis. So that's 17,500 plus chips. That in total. should be in the main pot. Right. The side pot between Bornstein and the small blind was their two bets, minus the 4,300 from each uh, that went into the main pot. So it was a total of 51,000. So Bornstein automatically was getting the side pot because the, the, small, the smaller hand had folded. And the board came in. The hijack players had turned in that went all in, won the hand. With uh, King 3, There was a, the board was deuce, 3, 4, 7, 8. So his pair of threes wins the main pot. Right. And So uh, he was due the main pot of 17,000. But then it gets weird because... WSOP awarded the hijack player 29,000 in chips and Bornstein only 39,000. Okay, so there was some sort of glitch. It uh, turns software. out the glitch, I guess, uh, is from the uh, extra chips uh, from the small blinds uh, bet. So rather than the hijack only getting the 4,300 from the player in the small blind, as was properly counted in the side pot initially, he was given the entire $16,000 bet. Uh, so that's 11,000. So on the flip side, Bornstein received 11,600 fewer chips than he deserved. So anyway, the, the, the exact accounts are, are really not that important. And what I just want to talk about basically is when there's a glitch in the payoffs like that, what do you do? Well, listen, if, if, if in live, as a matter of fact, it's, it's so funny that you mentioned that today. I, you know, I've told you Tuesdays and Wednesdays are, are Two of my study days off in the last two weeks. I've been training. I've gone in with my days off. And we were talking about that today uh, in live and in tournament chips when somebody is all in. And we were teaching our dealers, you know, our new break-in dealers, which, you know, I hate to call them new because they've been dealing for five months and this thing should have done four or five months ago. But regardless, we were telling them, listen, some of you are just grabbing the short stack, matching it up against the other, you know, whatever other stacks are, are are available, and going, well, this is yours, you know, this is the main pot, while not counting down how much that short stack was. You understand? And yeah. we tell them, listen, all of a sudden you have a side pot. All of a sudden, and, you know, dealers have done this. We've, I, I can't imagine any dealer I've ever met or trained or, or worked with or worked for me has not at one time done this in their career. You, you kind of, you know, your instinct is to push pots into the center. So... Maybe the turn, you know, you have another side pot, whether it's the main side pot, the main pot, the side pot, but you co-mingle two pots. Right. Okay? Well, if your dealer, has, he or she has done her job correctly, you know, uh, and I say, well, you know, let's say, Big Dave, you know, you've got 36000 in front of you, okay? Now, Gio, myself, and, and, and Joe... You know, all have more chips than you. I go, so I'm taking 36 from all of us, and I put it in the center. Well, I know that's 144,000, okay? If by any chance the dealers just, you know, it happens. You're human. There's another wager, and all of a sudden I push 
you know, Joe's pot, my, you know, my bet, Joe's bet, and Gio's bet into your main pot. You know what happens? You as the as the as the main pot ain't gonna. Ninety nine out of hundred times doesn't say a damn thing because if you happen to win, you're gonna get a lot more chips. We're involved in the hand, and then all of a sudden. You put out another card. You put out the the, the 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 turn or the river now, or the river, I should say. And they go, wait a minute, where's our side pot? Oh, my God. So if all I did was grab, stacked your stack against everybody else's, now we got a major cluster you-know-what. Yeah. Okay? Got to call surveillance, have surveillance try to estimate, calculate what you had in your stack to reply. But now, because as a dealer, I did my job in the beginning. It said you had 36,000, Big Dave. So I'm taking 36 from Geo. Well, guess what? Now I know how much was in that pot. Whatever is over 144 is for the for the other for us three to fight for. That's how you would resolve it if a dealer did their their job at the very beginning of 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 the all in. So a good dealer would be able to figure it out. A bad dealer e- is in exactly. deep, deep doo-doo. And usually, yeah, a bad dealer, oh, my God. And if you've got players who don't have a clue, you know, most players will say, wait a minute, he was all in for this. Again, even good players, because they're involved in it, they're not anticipating a dealer making a mistake. And then all of a sudden, oh, my God, how much is in there? And I've had this in... in let me tell you, in tournaments, it's a little less stressful because they don't have cash value. But imagine if this was a big game and you had three hundred and sixty dollars there, you know, and the rest of us, you know, well, I have, you know, I, I raised it to nine hundred, nine hundred. Well, now there's fourteen hundred and forty dollars in there, you know, and we can't determine that, you know. It, it, it I mean, I have had. To guesstimate, to be honest with you, Big Dave, and you know that pisses everybody off at the table. Yeah. Because the short stack guy thinks he's getting screwed. The uh, guys who have more chips think that their some of their chips are in that main pot. Yeah. There is no winning this decision. I've always told dealers when a decision has to be made at the table, supervisor is going to go there and only make one person happy. You know, and usually one person very upset. Well, in this particular instance, there's a very good chance I'm going to upset two people, if not more, because they're all going to think that I did not get this correct, that the camera didn't see it correct. It It, it is a major cluster, you know what. Yeah, right. And I just, you know, it, it's terrible. Online, I would have to imagine, Dave, um, they gave that, that explanation that you gave us, how they decided to, yeah. to straighten that out. You know, um, how did their sort? They didn't address well, the say, issue. They how their they're software? Still in, they're, they're still investigating, investigating what happened, right? And the reason is, you don't want to sit there and say, you know, shit, we screwed up. Yeah, you know, we, something happened. Our techs didn't do something right. You know, whatever it is, I'm not a tech person, so I have no idea what could go wrong. I know, you know, they've had Russian hackers that have, you know, threatened online. Gambling sites along with poker sites, uh, you know, whether they did something on this. My guess is this just had some sort of glitch. They probably don't know why it occurred there because if this was a a, a glitch that was in the programming, it would have been doing it prior, it prior probably to happened this. Uh, earlier. Earlier, yeah. so, and someone yeah. would have already noticed that. So my guess is this is some sort of technical hiccup, and they don't know how to address that. So... 
you really have to have rules in place. Yeah. Just like, you know, let's say there's site crashes, you know, and tournaments. Remember how upset we got? I mean, well, how upset the players got, and, and how we thought it was wrong in the Borgata with the extra chips. Right. And they've, you know, in the wisdom of the New Jersey Gaming Commission, after many months, they decided to just split it equally, even though, you know, one person was about to be knocked out, and, and another one was a big chip leader. Well, in most of these tournaments, you know, what they'll do also similar to that is, hey, if we were paying, if if, if X amount of people entered and the prize pool was at this point, you know, and you get into the prize pool, but 100 people, well, you add up the rest and it's split equally amongst the people that were left. If you haven't gotten to the prize pool, well, who's ever left splits whatever prize money's in there equally. And I've been involved in, in both scenarios right. where, you know, um, I remember the buy-in to one particular tournament was like $25. There's a lot of people in it. We didn't we were just outside the money when the, the, the you know, it crashed. They made us wait like an hour and a half, two hours, and before they finally called it, you know, a, a, you know, hey, it's done. So everybody who was still alive at that point split whatever was in in that yeah. prize pool at that point. So okay. you know, I've been involved in that situation actually twice: once while in the money, and another time while being outside the money. And obviously, each time I made money, and to be honest with you, I think I got very lucky because in both of them, I was pretty pretty short stacked, and I wound up, you know, getting some money, getting equal money as to the people who were, you know, had ten, twenty times what I had yeah. in front of me. Okay, let's go to the other situation, which happened in a live tournament in Australia, the Star Sydney Champs main event, and there was an error counting the players on the bubble. Speaking of getting to the bubble, this seems okay. like a major mistake. That it just is a complete mess. Uh, they are playing down to 63. There were 66 players left, so now they're in hand-for-hand play. There was a double elimination at one of the tables, and at following that double elimination, that meant there still were not to the bubble yet. There should have been 64 players still alive. Right, so they were one away but, from it. But the floor announced that they were in the money. They played another 15 minutes before they finally realized that there was, there was a mistake. So the tournament director came back to the microphone and said, there's a mistake. Uh, at the start of that hand, there were 66 players left, so now it should be 64, so we're still not yet in the money. Meanwhile, in the 15 to 20 minutes, players are playing differently because pre-bubble and post-bubble, there's a lot obviously, of different play. Yeah. Obviously. So no one had been knocked out. In uh, the well, interview. that was going to be my next question because... This would have been very that would have made interesting. It even worse. Well, no, not even worse. I would imagine, as a poker room manager, as a casino manager, tournament director, I would have had to eat. I personally, I would have eaten that that scenario for that same reason. I would never have gone all in if I didn't think I was in the money and I was short stack. I could have waited, you know, another round or two around the orbit, and you know. So at that point, I, I would imagine for goodwill purposes. Uh, I would have paid that, but in this particular case, nobody's been eliminated. I know you changed your style of play. It looks really bad. I still may have, depending on how much money they made on this tournament, I may still have paid or at least said, hey, do like the WSOP does. Whoever gets eliminated next will get at least a buy-in, equal buy-in for for what they bought. This was a $3,000 buy-in tournament, so not that easy. Anyway, the point is uh, the players wanted, you know, they obviously were upset. 
They wanted them to just create an extra payout spot. That's what okay. I just yeah exactly what okay. I just mentioned. They disagreed. They said no. So after discussing with their management, he said they're still going to play hand for hand and have 63 players in the money. And if you got a problem with it, contact the poker operations manager on Monday. That to me is terrible. In a, a Crown Casino, you said, isn't that one of the? No, not Crown. It was at uh, uh, Sydney Champs. I didn't say exactly which. I can't imagine that three thousand dollars is going to break anybody's back over there. Right. You understand? Again, that's uh, they probably just didn't want to admit that they made a mistake, or who who. Made no, the they're already admitting they made a mistake. They announced that they were in the money and they weren't. So now you should save face and say because we made this error and we understand that people's, you know, style of play could have changed uh, due to the fact that they thought they were already in the money. You know, worst case scenario, we're going to give you a three thousand dollar buy-in into the same event next year. Uh, that would have made everybody happy, you know. And then three thousand dollars, I can't imagine that you know a casino. I don't know how big they are, what kind of business nah, they do, either. but I can't imagine that three thousand dollars was going to change their bottom line one way or the other. Yeah, exactly. Um, here's the funny part of it: uh, the end of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. Uh, the fellow that was actually eliminated on the bubble then in 64th place that didn't get anything right he was he had pocket jacks and the flop was jack 5 5 uh so he was playing against the guy who had the case 5 then or no he had the third 5 no the, the it was the third 5 and the case he had five. he had 9 5 and the, the, the case going 5 against hit him. the board so the fourth 5 was dealt on the river <laughs> which is just about, uh, you know, if anything worse can happen, this is the way it was. So, of course, the bubble boy had called off his stack, having flopped the full house, and then saw the bad news with the quads on the river. And uh, as they say, since the tournament was on the bubble, it doesn't seem like the confusion played into the decision he would have made on that hand. He would have, you know, kind of not get away from that anyway. But, you know, he's still got to feel horrible about that because he thought he was in the money at one point. Then he's playing for the money. Then he gets a great hand, figures he's back well, in the money again. Well, put it this way. And the only question I would ask there was, they played 15 minutes. Did he have a sizable stack and change his style know. of play to try to, to try to, you know, chip up? You know, uh, many things change. Like you said, that particular hand would have played out the same way no matter what. Right. But 15 minutes into it, who knows that someone else would not have played a, a hand differently yeah. also and would have eliminated another player. There's really nothing you, uh, th- that you can do like to I make, said, make a difference. Like I said, there is no difference from from management standpoint other than to you know admit my mea culpas and, uh, and try to do something right for by, by the next person who gets eliminated. It just... It, it makes absolutely no sense to me. I, I, you know, it's uh, what what do they call it? Penny wise and dollar pound, fo- pound foolish. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me to piss people off for that amount of money. Yeah, no question. If, if it had been ten spots, okay, then guess what? Somebody's getting fired, but I'm not eating ten spots. Yeah. One spot, somebody may still get fired. But I'm not looking bad for one spot. I'm not. I, I'm not going to take the negative publicity for this. I'm not going to take that hit. I'm going to make it. I'm going to turn a negative into a positive and say, Hey, listen, we stood up. We, we're going to back our the people who made this mistake. And you know. And it comes back to you tenfold. Then, I, in my opinion, it does. Many years in this business, 
you know, a, a goodwill gesture, especially on mistakes, which I have done in my room, obviously not to a $3,000 mistake, but, you know, I have taken care of people, you know, and it's $20, $30, $50, some of it out of my own pocket, just to, you know, not to get them upset, and then all you hear is, man, this guy is great, this room took care, you know, like you said, you get it back in good publicity, if not, you know, more business at the tables, and you know, I'm not going to tell you I, I swallow a $3,000 hit, but for the casino, I'd, I would, as a poker room manager there, I try to convince upper management that, listen, it's really not worth the neg- negativity that we're going yeah. to get. Just do think the right, about just it. Do the right think thing, about right? it. We're on the other half of the world, and we're talking about it right now. Right. So, you know, how many other how many other poker shows? In within Australia, is it, was this in Melbourne uh, where uh, this was, or Sydney? Sydney. Sydney. Why would you want that? Why yeah. would you want that publicity? No, exactly. Three thousand exactly. dollars cannot possibly make a a scratch or a dent in, in their bottom line, one way or the other. Exactly. Anyway, like they say, the old saying goes, "You can't make this shit up." You know the way <laughs> things turned out. <laughs> Listen, I was listening to a comedian. I gave me the glasses. Go, people go. People ask me. He goes, "Where do you get your material? How do you write your material?" He goes, "He goes, I just write what happens in my regular life." And this is the same thing. If we were to make something up like this, we couldn't. We couldn't be that imaginative that that Absolutely. we could come up with a scenario like this. Absolutely. We'll take our final break in the show. When we come back, we'll talk about table captains and tip shaming. Oh yeah. And we even uh, we put this off from last week. Uh, I don't know if we'll get to the. Uh, the satellite, the one-and-done satellite, but we'll talk about that probably next week. Anyway, uh, that's uh, going to send us to a break. When we come back, we'll finish things up when we return here on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. Daddy! 
Today's episode, Bobcat in the Cave. Oh, nuts! There's a bobcat in this cave! Save us, Sassy! You will, but first you'd like to stress the importance of cat adoption? Over five million cats go into animal shelters every year and they need to be adopted? Help us, Sassy! Why bother? We'll just get into more trouble tomorrow? Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Remember, adopt. Welcome back to the show. Final segment, uh, Conine Tournament underway. 316 entries at the start. At the start. Uh, 316. All right. Uh, $300 buy-in. So, pretty nice event. Uh, of course, they'll probably uh, be plenty of uh, rebuys, and uh, they have until 10 yeah. o'clock. The tournament getting underway shortly after 7.30 tonight. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, finding out and letting you know who uh, won that one, uh, whether it's one of the celebrities or uh, maybe just average Joe or possibly a poker pro. We have seen some of those there as well. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, just great prizes. For instance, first place prize. Here's the first place prize. 5000 in cash, a seed into the uh, Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open Championship Tournament, which is worth 5250 uh, three nights at Puerto uh, Vallarta, Mexico. Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. The Hard Rock there, in a, a deluxe room. Uh, just for example, uh, third place, 1750 in cash, a classic, authentic electric guitar. Two nights stay in the new Guitar Hotel, which is opening in October. Dinner for two at Council Oak Steaks, which is outstanding. Uh, dinner for two at Curo, $200 gift certificate at the spa and assorted local items. So just great stuff all the way down to 10th place, but uh, pretty nice. And then, of course, they have a silent auction there and everything. So uh, they had a great item. I just uh, remembered, I think it was two years ago, they had an an old-fashioned microphone, you know, like a Shure microphone that's on a stand. Right. And it was the, the base was signed by Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, how nice. Kind of a cool item. Anyway, a lot of uh, sports memorabilia and different things there as well. So uh, we'll be checking that out when we head back over there. Uh, let's get to our last topic, which was the uh, tip, ca- uh, the table captains, uh, which really isn't the whole story. That's just kind of uh, some of the way she started it off. But uh, you mentioned last week that nobody, none of the dealers like table captains. No, because they're trying to run the game, you know, instead of you running the game. They're, they're always like, five seconds ahead of you, you know, and it's annoying as hell. Uh, and it's annoying not only because they're not letting you do your job and you can't, you're not concentrating because you're trying to tell these people, thank you, I'm, you know, I'm the deal, let me do this. Some people, like I said, I used to take the humorous way out of it, you know, to um, to say, hey, listen, buddy, I'm not going to share, thanks for the help, but I'm not going to share my tips with you. Most people took the hint. You know, others just were clueless to that. And after you said two or three times something, I was like, buddy, listen, I've been trying to do this the nice way. I've, I've actually said it like this. Let me run the game. Yeah. I don't need your help. Thank you. If I make a mistake, point it out to me. You know, and it, it sucks because now it becomes a little confrontational, you know, and, and thank God I've never had anybody really get out of shape with that. And most of these people are, like I said, they're clueless to how annoying they are to you, so they'll stop, maybe for your down, and you move to the table next to it, and you hear them going through it all over again with the next dealer. You know, eventually they stop 
because somebody at the table eventually just says, hey, buddy, shut the F up and yeah. let the dealer run this this game. Well, you know? here's so. what happened in this one. Uh, they were at a, they had a high hand uh, of $550 was the high hand payout. Uh, there was a player who, you know, obviously was there as a casual player looking to win a high hand and had been losing and rebuying a couple of times, so he was down significantly. Uh, he picked up a straight flush on the river and won the hand, and they brought over his jackpot and gave him the five $100 chips and two yellow $25 chips. So he was happy and putting him into his pocket when the table captain blurts out, aren't you going to tip the dealer? And he was kind of bummed out because, you know, obviously he needed the money. He was down, and he was very happy about winning. So he flipped out the uh, $25 chip. So if that wasn't bad enough, the table captain says, is that all? And uh, so finally he flipped the other yellow chip the dealer's way. You mean green chip? Well, in this case it was yellow. They call it yellow for $25? Yeah, for this one. Wow, okay. Anyway, uh, so that might give you an idea of where the card room is. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I've never seen yellow for green, but although we have blue for white, so that's I shouldn't talk. If you were the dealer, what do you do then? Do you push one of the chips back to the guy? Do you just keep them and move on, or do you you maybe try to create some goodwill by refusing them? If I was the dealer, yeah, and I've had similar not to this amount, but I've had similar situations happen, um, and I'm like, yo. Thank you for looking out for me. I appreciate it to the table captain. Sir, it's not necessary. You know, we appreciate any tips, so it's not necessary. How forcefully do you do that? Do I do that? I do it enough so they understand that, you know, under those circumstances, I don't want to have somebody shamed into tipping me. Right. And I'm going to tell you why. Because regardless of what happens in this situation, everybody else at the table is looking at you, Dave. Okay? And they want to see how you're going to handle that. And if these are regulars, they want to see if you're going to be a jerk about it, if you're going to be a gentleman about it, you're going to act like a man about it. Guess what? $50 tip is a really nice tip. You know what? $25 tip is a really nice tip. Okay? If he had reached in for the second one I, and he had given me, I go, sir, you sure? You, this is not necessary. He says, no, 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 please. Now the guy shames him into giving me another quarter. I would have been returning that 25 I would not have accepted it myself. I would have said, thank you so much. Sir, please, I appreciate you trying to look out for me, but I don't want you putting any pressure on anybody else. Because, because remember, I'm there to eat every day. Right. You know, I'm there to make a living every single day. Okay? I'm not looking to make a killing on one hand and then starve every other day because everyone thinks I'm an asshole or a jerk at the table. Okay? I've never done that. I have actually returned $75 worth of a tip on a great tipper who won a big hand with me once. He was such a nice man, and it was in a high-low game, seven-card stud where I had to use a spit card for the river. The spit card gave him the sweep on both ends. So I'm telling you how nice a man he was, that everyone else obviously lost, but because they didn't win, they were really happy that he won, you know? So, okay, I didn't win, but, man, the next nicest guy on the table next to me won. He was so excited. He was a tremendous tipper to begin with. I mean, you'd push this man a $20 pot, he'd give you a $5 tip, okay? You can't ask for more than that, Yeah. okay? So he was so excited, and he didn't need the money when I tell you this. You know, he played for the fun and the excitement of it. Everybody's going, oh, you're, you know, congratulations. He throws me four $25 chips, Dave. 
my first instinct was I let the four chips sit there, and I just immediately started looking at the other players that were on the table. And no lie, whenever the excitement came over, I, I said to him, I said, Jack, I believe you made a mistake. You know, you, you grabbed the wrong chips. So he goes to throw me two of them, and I grab 125, and I go, Jack, if, if this is what you're going to tip me, this is wonderful. Thank you so much, you know, because I didn't want him to look bad. I, you know, I didn't make him look like he over-tipped me, and he doesn't know what he's doing. So I try to handle that as tactful. Well, let me tell you something what happened because of that, Dave. That man never again, again ever gave me less than $10. Wow. And, and so when he was giving me 5 on a 20, he'd give me half the pot. I go, what, are you sharing the pot with me? And he smiled and goes, yes, I am. Okay? Not only that, we, that was on a, on a boat that I worked on for almost a year locally, okay? Came out of, uh, out of the Port of Miami, all right? We used to have to stop a good 40 minutes before we got into port because it was a slower ship. And when I get up and we finish all our private, I'm waiting there, and one of the customers comes over and he goes, I've never seen anybody give tip money back. And I said, well, for one, I knew you and so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so were looking. I know you guys were checking me out to see what I would do. And he started laughing. He goes, how would you know that? I said, because I've been doing this for a while. He goes, secondly, you know that he's a super nice man and the best tipper on that table. And the guy I was talking to was a very nice tipper. I said, so I didn't want to look like a jerk because this man comes on. I've worked on that boat four nights a week. He was there all four nights. Okay, and you'd get to deal to him for at least an hour to an hour and a half, depending on your rotation. So, I, I wasn't looking for this guy to then get home and go. Joe was a jerk. He knows I overtip. You understand? Yeah, exactly. I, so I, I, I've used this story, Dave. I've used this story while training dealers to show them, you know, that you're not in this for one day. And I told them, I'm not going to lie to you. If I was on a traveling, if I was on a traveling uh, as a traveling dealer to these tournaments, and I'm never going to come back, and somebody throws me a hundred dollar tip, I'm not going to tell you I'm holier than thou, and I wasn't going to take that hundred dollars. But this man tipped me very nicely every time he and worked. You got there, it and back tenfold. Gone, and I certainly did. And not only that. I never got tipped less than $5 on that table the rest of the night. Well, let me just close by saying she makes a couple of really interesting comments. One is, she says, the thing that gets me about this industry is this. There is more than enough money to go around, and yet it's never enough. Wow, that's a great comment. Boy, let me tell you, that's a great comment. And then she finishes by saying it's easy to get desensitized to money in this business. She talked about how a couple of big beat jackpots, she didn't get the money she thought she should have. Uh, and she was in bad shape of making the rent when uh, things were difficult for her. But she says, still, you have to do what's right. And she said, it's easy to convince yourself that shaming someone else for how they spend their money is a good deed because your heart's at the right place. But, she says, what we should be doing is staying thankful for what we do have and minding our own damn business while we patiently wait for karma to teach her lessons and not be offended when we're the ones who must learn them. It's, I, I, let me tell you this. I, I hope I get to meet her one day because yeah. I just want to tell her I agree with her so much with everything <laughs> that she has to say. Much like uh, Randy Casper's column that I once the one the only show I've ever done without you here. I couldn't agree more with yeah. what Randy wrote that night, and I can't agree more with everything that this the dealer chick has to say. Absolutely, we'll save that other uh, story about uh, the one and done satellite. Very interesting, but uh, something new in the business that I think we're going to see a lot more. Uh, Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open gets underway this weekend. Next week we'll have the results of the uh, Big Four, and we'll have some fun. Hopefully I'll have some interviews that I get taped over there and bring them back for the show. We'll hear some from some big-name champions. Uh, most of them are here, it seems like, and we'll have a lot of fun. Gio, thank you for everything as usual. Joe, thank you. 
And we'll be back with another show next week. Poker Action Line. Same time, same bad channel here on the radio. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.